1: I admit to being a bit obsessed. That's not, by the way, necessarily a bad thing. Can you be obsessed about anything and it not be bad? It's an interesting question. Is obsessed intrinsically negative? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so. Okay, good. I agree. I mean, if people... I don't know. Just take an innocuous thing. If the some administration were obsessed with conquering cancer, I guess it would be a good thing. Be that as it may, I am obsessed with what is being done to young people at children's hospitals around this country. Yesterday, I brought to you Matt Walsh's revelations about Vanderbilt University. And we, of course, we talked about Boston Children's Hospital. It's now, I, I, I have to assume that it's now a given. Is there a hospital that serves children that is not mutilating them? This is a great divide line. This is really one of those great clarifying moments in American life today. If you support the surgical removal of a young girl's healthy breasts because she says she's a boy, then you are on one side of the divide, and if you believe that it is Uh, mutilation of a young person you are on the other side if you think that uh, puberty blocking hormones which do terrible things to the body uh, given to minors is a good thing then you're on one side of the divide and if you think that it is child mutilation you are on the other side of the divide that's it this is one of the clarifying moments of our society Vanderbilt took down its, uh, its whole site did you know that? This was reported on Tucker Carlson last night. Matt Walsh, I, I, we should have Matt Walsh on, given that I am obsessed. Let's have Matt Walsh on. By the way, I like my tie. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself, just for the record. Well, you do, you do certainly do get a distillation. There's. There isn't much filter between my brain and what I say. However, my brain has a self-filtering mechanism so that I speak decently and complete sentences and responsibly and so forth. As I have said on a number of occasions, if you are for the removal of, girls' breasts, and for the, uh, basically a a form of uh, medical castration of boys, uh, I don't know on what grounds you can morally oppose clitoridectomies, the practice in certain Muslim countries, widespread, of the surgical removal, it's not really surgical, it's often done with a rock stone, but the removal of a girl's clitoris. Very painful, by the way, aside from mutilating. This reminds me of a theory that I came up with a while ago, not too long ago. We are not in a post-Christian age as much as we are in a pre- Judaism age. Judaism, after all, was around for 1,200 years before Christianity and is, the, of course, the, the root of Christianity. We are in a pre-biblical, pre-monotheistic age. Post-monotheist and pre-monotheist are very similar. There's a, oops, there's a good line for you. That's, that's right. Post-monotheist and pre-monotheist are largely the same. They made up morality and these people make up morality. They, they rely on cult and we rely on a cult. Leftism is a cult. It's got the single biggest characteristic of a cult, the removal of parental authority from a child's life. But these are the people who love children. They love them so much that they have deprived them of meaning. What are parents for in the world of the left? They're not there to teach them. They're not there to decide their medical decisions. They're not there to feed them. Think about it. For the left, for the progressive, Uh, uh, a truly hilarious term. But for the progressive, what is the role of a parent? And I'll tell you what the role is. The role of a parent is to be obedient to the state, which is what left-wing parents do. Yesterday, I had a dialogue with Professor Alan Dershowitz for the Young Presidents Organization, one of the remarkable organizations in the world. It's It's not political. I spoke for them for many years in different parts of the world. So there, was a, there is a Jewish chapter of the YPO. YPO is basically how was it defined? I think you're under 35, if I'm not mistaken. You have to be under 35 and own a business of a certain of a certain degree of profitability. So it's basically successful, young people in business. And I remember from my days there, a lot of them were very wonderful people. Can't speak for today. I don't know why it would have changed. But in any event, they were. They were not cocky or or arrogant or anything like that. Anyway, we had a dialogue. But that's not what I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you... This took place in a very wealthy area. He was on on screen from New York, and I was live at the event. And it took place in a very wealthy area of Los Angeles. I, I believe it was Brentwood. Brentwood's very wealthy, correct? Right. And sure enough, passing a sort of mansion on the way to the event Guess what lawn sign I saw. Take a guess, mister Producer. Tick tuck tick tuck tickety 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 tuck tick tick tuck, Eh, eh, Karen Bass for mayor <laughs> So here was a very wealthy family in support of a uh, a neo-communist, if you will, who will only make things worse for the poor. Of, It's the very poor and the very rich who support Democrats. And between the two, I would be very interested to have the, the voting. And I'm saying very interested. I, I think I know what the result would be, but I'm not certain at all. I would like to see the vote it's uh, by class, by economic class, in any given election. I, I would be very, very interested in, uh, in seeing that. We have the vote breakdown by sex, to the, for those of you who actually believe there are two sexes, and by race, and by religion, and by age, and by education level. But I don't see it by economic status. I wonder how, whatever is the statistic for what defines the middle class, I would like to know where the middle class votes. What do you think? We know the rich vote Democrat, we know the poor vote Democrat. Somebody must be voting Republican. They do get votes. Even in California, they get votes. So it's an interesting question to to find out by class. I'd like to see how Brentwood votes in the mayoral election. The thought that people would elect somebody who... Did she come out for defunding the police? She did. She did? at At the time. Well, of course it matters at the time. It means she comes out with whatever she thinks is appealing to people. To, uh, to the left, anyway. To left-wing people. God, uh, to think that people vote to wreck their own states and cities. You in Chicago, you now have an invitation to violent crime. Thanks to the man whom Illinois really Chicago, elected governor. The Fed is unstable. Interest rates could go up at any moment. If you're relocating and need to buy a new home or invest in real estate, get fully underwritten and approved with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at Sierra Pacific Mortgage before you make an offer. Their fast-track approval process will allow you to compete with cash offers, whether you're buying today, tomorrow, or a year from now. Even though housing prices are stabilizing or coming down, economic uncertainty, supply chain issues, and limited construction means the real estate market is limited and competitive. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com right now. Get fully approved today and have confidence so that when you're ready to buy, you'll have the money ready to go. Don't wait. Go to andrewandtodd.com. Lock in today's still historically low rates. Go to com. That's andrewandtodd.com. I'm Dennis Prager. Sunday night is the holiest, beginning of the holiest 10 days of the Jewish calendar. The High Holy Days, as they're called. Many of you, of course, listening, are Christian. Not just Gentile, but Christian. And I want to suggest to you that if you want a remarkable insight into the religion of Jesus and a remarkable insight into what it has to say to people of all faith, that is, the High Holy Days, I conduct services and have for 15 years. I only missed 2020. 20. I even did it in 2021 with no masks. You could wear one if you wanted, but almost nobody did. About 350 to 400 people attend each year. You're welcome to attend. Go to DennisPrager.com and cite it on the show part. You'll see where to click for information on how to get there. And for those of you around the world, you can stream it at uh, Salem. Where is the streaming? Salem Podcast Network or Salem Salem Now? Just go to your website. Just go to my website. You, yeah, you can. You can stream it. It's it's many hours. You can stream it at at your at your own pace. And of course, if you're a Jew anywhere in the world and want a non political service to inspire you, with great music as well as my constant explaining of things. This is a very beautiful experience. That would be at Salem now, but either way, just go to my website, cite it on the show. Sunday night, so I won't be here Monday and Tuesday. And now you know why. One of the sanity preservers of my life, of course, is religion. So much so that Along with The Living Martyr and one other individual, we founded a synagogue, which we attend every week that we're in Los Angeles. And I teach there, so does The Living Martyr. And we have lunch there, and it is one beautiful day. From the beginning of the lockdown, I had my Shabbat dinner every Friday night with my dozen or so friends, a dozen or so friends. I missed, I think, one week. And then we lived as if there were no lockdown. I came to work every day. I took a picture of me standing in the parking garage of this building from where I broadcast. There were no cars. It was a phenomenon. Remember that? No cars. <laughs> I, acted, I acted as normally as a human could act during that time, and I had advocated that you do too. I turned out to be right. The lockdowns were an economic and social and moral disaster. and it is a big, big part of the reason we're having higher suicide rates than ever recorded with young people. Depression rates. You keep keep kids from other kids for two years, and you defend it, and you claim you like children. I will be on, by the way, today, live, on The Young Turks... They have been attacking me for weeks. The sophistication of their attacks, which if I have a chance, I will note, Dennis Prager is a Christian dash 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 kisser. That's an example of the depth of their attacks on me. But to their credit, they're having me on. listen to this headline. In uh, what, what what is BSM? Do you know? Barrett Media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, is his name pronounced Chenk Uger? Czech. I feel bad that I don't. He's, he's well known on the left. Check Chenk Uger defends having Dennis Prager on The Young Turks. This is so interesting. He's being attacked. The Young Turks is a big left wing podcast. So he has to defend himself to leftists for having me on. Now, if if any leftist of that degree of of popularity on the left would, would I invited them on my show, there I can't think of a single conservative who would who would attack me for having a left winger on. Isn't that interesting? If I have a chance, I'll raise that issue. You know. If if you came on my show, no conservative would attack me for having a left winger on. So he's assured them that, oh, we're going to really take them on. If I had a left winger on, I wouldn't even spend the time taking them on. I would spend the time clarifying what they stand for. The most devastating thing you can do to a leftist is have them express their positions clearly so you do think girls should decide to have their breasts removed cuz they think they're boys correct you do think that minors should be given puberty blocking hormones correct you do believe that there should be all black dormitories at columbia university correct and then you just go through that and then you don't even you don't even debate just clarify what they stand for that's the best thing you can do Back in a moment.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. And they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. Hello everybody, welcome back, or welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. We live in a remarkable time. That's clear to everybody. How many people would have predicted, did anybody predict, that children's hospitals around the United States of America would essentially castrate minors or even young people? So let's see, at 18, you can't decide to smoke a cigarette. Or even vape, which is completely safe. But you can decide to have, if you're a girl, your breasts removed. Or to have your penis removed. Or your testicles removed. Or to take quite dangerous hormones to change the way you were made. That you can decide to do at 18, but you can't, uh, you can't smoke a cigarette. In fact, you can't even go, you can't even order a cigar by mail, a cigar, which is one-tenth as dangerous as cigarettes, if, if that dangerous, because they're not inhaled. The purpose of a cigar and a cigarette are entirely different. They look similar, but they're entirely different. One is for nicotine, the other is for taste. Not the same thing whatsoever. However, that you can't decide to do. You can't vote under 18. You can't run for President of the United States under 35. Hmm... So we don't think uh, the people are terribly wise under 35 that they could handle being president of the United States. But they're very wise to decide that they're the opposite sex. Remember the Boston Children's Hospital video I played for you on this show at least twice? I think they took that video down, is that right? Are you aware of that? Where the, I don't know if she was a doctor or a spokeswoman for the Boston Children's Hospital. Children know virtually at birth that they're transgender. So if you uh, consider that to be sick, perverse, having no biological or scientific basis, are you denying science when you call such scientists Shall we say, evil and liars? Are you anti science or are you anti lying? That's my question. I think that science is one of the great gifts that we have to make the world better, if we use it properly, obviously. Science is pretty much like guns. Used properly, they are a great protector of humanity. Used improperly, they are a great destroyer of humanity. Can you tell me any evil regime that didn't believe in science? Did Mao not believe in science? Hmm? Did Hitler not believe in science? Science is morally neutral. Why people tell me I believe in science? What, what does that mean? What what does that mean? Who doesn't? Is Denmark right or is UCLA right? Denmark uh, doesn't want anyone under fifty in Denmark, with the rarest of exceptions, to take a so-called. COVID vaccine. I say so-called because it's not a vaccine. It it may be many, many things. It may be wonderful. I don't think so, but it may be, but it isn't a vaccine. Vaccines protect you from what you're vaccinated against. So who's correct? Who's more science-based? UCLA or any university or Harvard or the government of Denmark? They both claim to follow science, but they have literally opposite views of whether young people should be vaccinated. Hmm. So maybe follow the science is sort of a meaningless phrase when two people follow it and come to opposite conclusions. Okay, everyone, Dennis Prager here, Atlanta, Georgia, Peter, hello. Yeah,
2: hello, real quick. Uh, Number one, my transgender son told me that being uh, transgender and living his life as a boy brought him closer to God. So put that in your cigar and taste it. Number
1: two... That means nothing to me, by the way. No, 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 no. If you make a point, I'm allowed to react. You you can't move to another thing after making a point that is meaningless. Okay, well... His God may not be my God or your God. It means nothing. I've always said that. Telling me that you believe in God, I don't know anything about your God or about you.
2: Moving on, moving on. I just thought it would be...
1: Uh, it is not of, of interest. Go ahead.
2: Well, maybe it is to other millions of people, Dennis. Maybe it's not all about you. Number two, uh, puberty blockers are not chemical castration or anything of the sort. They are a pause on the development and onset of puberty. Any saying they are it's castration if that's what you meant and I don't know if that's what you meant but it's what many people mean. Puberty blockers are not castration. Period. The end. It's disinformation. No, you want to respond to that because I got a third one.
1: Yes, I want to respond to that. They're dangerous. Yeah. Whether they're castration or not, they're dangerous. You're supposed okay. to go through puberty. Uh, Blocking it is not a healthy thing to do. Everybody okay. acknowledges not that. Healthy. You may hey, say you that. Can't. You may say it's worth doing because it saves the life of, of a would-be suicide if they didn't take it that's the argument given if you do you want a dead child or do you want a child of the opposite sex that is what parents are told and I completely understand why that scares them
2: okay well unhealthy dangerous and castration are distinct
3: Right.
1: Categories. Fair enough.
2: So I would invite you not to say castration because I don't think it's well sometimes there is, is castration,
1: but but it's not necessarily a puberty blocker that is a source of castration. Okay. We agree okay. on let's that. What pre- is your third point?
2: Let's be pre- number three. I do not understand on what grounds you I mean Isn't it true? Let's clarify Dennis's position. Isn't it true that you believe that people who are eighteen years and older are able to consent to I, what would we call it? 99999999 percent of medical services is not a 18, the medical consent age. Yes or no? Do you think that's true?
1: It is true. So then I have so a question. Why- Right. Why is this different? I have a, because well, this I have isn't it. medical. This, this, this is...
2: According to who? According to according, who? A, it's not medical. According, according to...
1: to okay, I'll, uh, if you want an answer, I'll answer. According to everyone until five years ago, if you'd have told any doctor, we're going to take a girl's breasts off who at 18 who thinks she's a boy, and we are going to do that at our hospital, they would have said, you are crazy. Until five years ago. You understandably no, having a transgender child no, you, you are you have you have bought no, the idea that it is a thinking, beautiful Dennis. thing to do.
2: Dennis, I'm not talking my question was not about children. My question was about people of eighteen years and older That's correct. So all right, so d- you think you think only eighteen years you think only adults were getting gender confirmation or reassignment surgery five years ago?
1: until 5 years ago what was happening now was virtually non-existent Wait, this is dennis, brand new dennis, i know it happened everything happened it was extremely dennis. rare no hospital would no, boast it was not. Okay.
2: 5 years ago okay, okay. so it was all right so
1: fine would, would we agree on 10 years ago no oh so you think this was common 10 years ago
2: i didn't say common dennis what you're evading, Mr. Man of Truth and precision and clarification, is on what grounds do you argue that adults should not be able to receive medical care.
1: This is not medical care. This is medical this is medical perversion. We have a different view. And I know why you have your view. You have a transgender child. I completely understand well, where you're coming you have, from. Why do you
2: have your why do you have your view? On what grounds is it perversion, Dennis? And, you know,
1: to chop off a healthy girl's breasts because she thinks she's a boy is perverse. Correct.
2: Okay. Here's what I've actually always wanted to ask
1: you. To give a boy a vagina at 18 is perverse. Yes.
2: Okay, okay, Dennis. Here's what I've always wanted to ask you because I listen to you a lot, though you make my blood boil, you know.
1: It's to your credit, by the way. What? It's to your credit.
2: Yeah, if you if I told you actually about my life, well, I'm a practicing observant Jew, so maybe that's a good one for you. But it that means nothing really to me. But thank you otherwise. for telling me. I
1: find it interesting. So, are you a modern yes, Orthodox? Well, you're, are you a modern Orthodox Jew? Is that how you would characterize yourself?
2: Absolutely not. Okay, so wait. So wait, wait, wait. You said
1: good. you're a practicing Jew. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm allowed to respond to what you say. I find it of interest. I'm just curious. Are you conservative? Are you reform? I'm just curious. I'm not attacking you.
2: I uh, hear your, your, your brain's going to explode. I'm a Reconstructionist Jew, and my daughter is, my cisgender daughter is going to have her bat mitzvah next year. So
1: Mazel tov.
2: Family. Wh- why? why are transgender children and people... You know, I listen to you, and you don't say it explicitly, but the only conclusion that I can come to is that you find their existence threatening, and I have never understood that.
1: Okay, because I consider the blurring of the lines of distinction between male and female to be civilization-destroying. You're entirely right. Why? Why? Because the human species is divided them, between male and female, and when you blur that distinction and say that sex is non-binary, you have distorted the most basic reality of human existence. That's why.
2: And because we are we and God. And God made them.
1: Yes. Well, go on. I'm continue. Sure continue the verse because it's uh, it it makes my point. Continue the verse you were going to cite.
2: I'm not sure. That, no, I. I No, here's what I would say, is that I have heard and would invite you, and maybe I'll email them to you, clergy, both in the Lutheran Church and the Jewish tradition, argue, to my mind, quite compellingly, that that verse actually provides a good good textual foundation. They're lying to you. All
1: right, this I will tell you, since I know it by heart in Hebrew, they're lying to you. I've read it, they're lying. This is not a matter of interpretation. I'll tell you the verse. And God created Adam, the human being, Zaharunikava Baraotam. He made them male and female. The human being is only male or only female. That's the verse. Rabbis or priests or ministers who say otherwise are lying. Yes, it is Thursday. Yes, it is Thursday. Thursday it is. See, the beauty of that was that it was unexpected. Correct, gentlemen. Both, uh, both Triple G and Rick. I don't think I've introduced the listening audience to Rick. If you want to know what Rick looks like, look up Smith Brothers cough drops. Many of you are not familiar. Are, do you remember Smith Brothers cough drops? I don't is it still are they still made? So the Smith Brothers, the the uh, after whom these cough drops were named, there's a it's I loved it. There was a picture of the Smith Brothers on the cough drop box. Do you see it guys? Did you look it up? Is that not perfect? Rick is a living embodiment of one of the Smith brothers. It might have been his great-great-great-grandfather on that particular cough drop box. You should all look it up. When I was a kid, should do it. <laughs> I should do what our was. just call it what I was a kid. I think people, especially younger people would find it so fascinating how different things were. So a a box of cough drops, what do you remember a box of cough drops costing? Or a candy bar. A nickel, correct? Were you are you Yeah, you would remember it as a nickel, no? no. A dime? It couldn't have been more than a dime. We're not that different in age. Yeah. Yeah. What is it what is a candy bar now? A dollar and a quarter? More? at the airport is probably 250. Yeah. Here's an interesting question. Does inflation have a psychological impact aside from any economic impact? Let's say in other words, the inflation we're having now obviously has both the amount you pay for gas, the amount you pay for food. But is there an impact on, on in a society if a candy bar is a dime or a candy bar is a dollar and a half? Presuming you're earning correspondingly more money. In other words, I'm not asking about the economic effect. Is there a psychological one? when the dollar gets you less, but you're earning more. So again, I'm disqualifying any economic consequence. Is there a psychological one? My grandfather, may he rest in peace. It took me so long to figure this out, ironically. My grandfather was, my father would pick up my three living grandparents every Sunday virtually and bring them to our house for lunch. And my grandfather would periodically during the baseball season he we would walk three blocks to the local candy shop. It's called a candy store, it was much more than candy, newspapers and you know, sandwiches and stationery. And he would buy me not a pack of baseball cards, but a box. And I remember thinking that he was the richest man in the world because he bought me a box. What do you think a box, 20 packs of baseball cards cost when I was, let's say, eight years old? $10? The whole whole box. Yeah, Yeah, 20 packs. $1. 20 packs times 5 cents is $1. So it took me, I don't know, I'm sure into adulthood to figure out you didn't have to be the richest man in the world (laughs) to buy a box of baseball cards. But it gives you an idea of how much I thought a dollar was. And now, as my wife says about the twenty dollar bill, it's the new five. If your kid asks, you know, can I can I can I have can I have some money to to go to the store? You just give him a twenty dollar bill, I, I, and they don't get much then. So I, I think it has an effect, even if it's not economic. I think there is an effect, but maybe I'm wrong because in Italy, what is it, the lira? Well, no, they use the euro now, right? What does Italy use today? The what? The euro. Euro. So so when it was the lira, which is a while ago before the euro, things were like, you know, 100,000 lira. And, you know, you, you could buy yourself a dress or shoes, maybe even more. So does that have an effect on a person's thinking? when your currency is so little in value that prices are in the hundreds of thousands routinely? I don't know the answer. Well, you had a trillion dollar bill, right? I have it. I, I, I bought a trillion dollar bill. Trillion or billion? So, I, th- I heard they had a trillion, but I had, I think, a billion. I I bought it in uh, in Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe, when I was there, a country that was one of the richest in Europe, and then, not, not in Europe. I mean, in Africa, it, it became a, a torture chamber of enemies of the state under Robert Mugabe, but Mugabe had one massive advantage in ruining his country, I truly l- ruining it, where they had billion-dollar bills, right? I bought, bought them for like five cents. And his great advantage was he was black. And for the elite of Africa and Europe, that was enough because he followed a white, basically racist regime. It's true, which I'm not defending. I can only say, however, that the fact that you are black is not a guarantor that things will be good. But for those who see everything in racial terms, Mugabe was largely ignored by the world in ruining life in in Zimbabwe. I don't know how things are today in Zimbabwe, but they they were when you have billion dollar bills, it's a bad sign that is clear. Okay, let's see. There's well, one thought on that, but I'll take it. Steve in San Diego, hello.
2: Dennis, how are you, my friend? Well. Um, good, good. Keep fighting, man. You're doing a great job. I just want to tell you, in 1961, I used to walk up to the corner market, my grandmother's house with a quarter, and I'd get a comic book, a bottle of pop, And a candy bar for a quarter.
1: I love it. (laughs) The, the, The issue of prices would be the most dramatic in many ways if you told a young person today, those of you who are baby boomers like me. I remember at the same, next door to the candy store, three blocks from my house in Brooklyn, New York, was a pizza shop. And I remember uh, a slice was 15 cents and a slice and a a soda was 25 cents. And I I remember thinking, whoa, that's that's pretty expensive. It's a quarter. Do you know, folks, this is my favorite. When I want to blow young people's minds, I think this is the one that does it the most. I want you to think of something, if you can, that if you told a young person today you did, would blow their mind. I'll tell you what what mine is. I would be, again, 8 years old, 10 years old, and my mother would say, go to the candy store and get me cigarettes. And I did. Yeah, I did that too. You did to that too. Yeah. I think that's the biggest mind blower if you tell a kid today. That when you were 10, you could buy cigarettes for your mother. (laughs) Uh, And of course, most people today, especially the well-educated, would say, Oh my God, things are so much better today. Yeah, maybe they are in some ways. Well, in some ways, they certainly are. That one's a tough call. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Jacksonville, Florida, Jim. Hello, Jim. Dennis. see.
2: Sorry for the delays. It's okay. It's, it's an honor and pleasure, sir. Thank you. Um, what we often hear is that um, gender is a social construct. So, my first response to that is when was the first convention? And of course, people are dumbfounded when they say that. They have no idea what I mean. My point being that if it's a social construct, if you look throughout history, whether it's ancient Rome, ancient China, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the role of men and women, male and female, has been universal for thousands of years.
1: You mean, yeah. So you're saying, when did they develop this idea it's a social construct? Construct. You're right. It's exactly right. The rapidity with which the left changes culture is breathtaking. It wasn't long that long ago that Barack Obama announced that he wanted to keep marriage as defined between a man and a woman. Barack Obama. This is not, we're not talking George Washington or Millard Fillmore. Barack Obama. I'm a Christian. I have a definition of marriage. It's between a man and a woman. There, there. And now, if you think that marriage should be defined as between a man and a woman, you're considered a Neanderthal at best, and a bigot, a hater at worst. Yes. They have made everything into a social construct. There's nothing fixed. So that includes, quote-unquote, gender. Gender itself is is not a new word, but it is now used in a different way. As far as I recall, when you talked about male and female, the only term used was sex, not gender. They changed that too. They changed that in order to make sex a social construct. Sex is biological, and gender is social construct. They would acknowledge that. So w- when I recall gender, the word gender being used, it was used with regard to inanimate objects. So as for example, that noun in Italian, is it. what is its gender, male, masculine, or feminine? That's the way it would be, not male or female, masculine or feminine. What's the gender of that verb in in languages that have gendered verbs, like Hebrew? Most languages have gendered nouns and adjectives. Very few languages have gendered verbs. Hebrew is one of them. That is why it is very unlikely that the the wokeism of language will ever take place in Israel because in in English, I, the word I, not as the optical organ, I, the letter I, is neutral. I go to the park. I am going to the park is completely it's, it's neutered. There's, it's not my it's neither male nor female, masculine or feminine. But in Hebrew, both uh, the word I is in fact neuter. there's no I male or I female. but in the verb going in the, in the sentence I gave I'm going to the park, that would be masculine or feminine. There is no neuter verb. So I don't know how our Hebrew would deal with. It. They'd have to make up a whole new vocabulary. Whereas we we don't have to. I am going. The I I'm going. In Hebrew, would if a woman says it, it's it's a feminine verb. So I don't know what they would do in uh, in in Hebrew. Anyway, the wokeism with regard to quote-unquote gender is almost completely in the English-speaking world. U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and U.K., and most particularly the United States and Canada. For the first time in my life, maybe the first time in American history, the United States of America is a net exporter of junk. The values coming from the United States today are awful. Even Macron, the president of France, says, we don't want your wokeism. And he's a left-wing French president. Isn't that amazing? The left has rendered America, American culture, a negative thing in the world we were the exporter of so much good for nearly all of our history until the left took this country over and now we export garbage when you damage California you damage America and when you damage America you damage the world that is the way it works yep Dallas and Dan, hello. Or Don, I'm sorry. Hello, Don.
2: No, that's okay. Hey, so I just want to say my wife and I have listened to you for decades, and we've
1: always appreciated your wisdom.
2: So we just, I just wanted to, to bless you with that and say um, I'm still reading through your Genesis. It's great. Um, I have no questions. Um,
1: well, then, well, let me just say, since we don't have time, I thank you. And it's good, it gives me an excuse to ask you to pre-order Deuteronomy, the third volume of my Bible commentary, from Prager Store or from Amazon. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
1: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. Great to be with you. Yesterday, I reported to you about the Los Angeles Unified School District, the damage that all of these big city teachers' unions are doing. It's not a teachers' union, I understand that, but you know what I mean. Teachers and the, the school district telling kids that junk food is not bad for them. It's a form of oppression to say that junk food is bad for you. Uh, it's, it's really something... I also reported to you about the LAUSD at Los Angeles Unified School District, the second biggest school district in the country, that they have now all year round queer all school year calendar. Every season, there's a new thing to celebrate with regard to queers. So I did not finish that one. You should know what your kids are learning September is all about getting educators ready to, quote, teach LGBT inclusive curriculum all year long by reminding them about the 2012 Fair Education Act, a California law that requires history and social studies. This was the last point I was making yesterday. Classes to include the contributions of people with disabilities and those who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender really taken over everything. This is quite a lens with which to have children view the world. Hey, Johnny, not that there are any Johnnies anymore, but hey, Johnny, did you learn about the bisexual contribution to history today in class? Yeah. Can you name one? Not that there aren't, of course, I have no doubt there are bisexuals who have contributed. But can we name them? So-and-so is a bisexual and invented the, I don't know, the safety razor. And therefore, therefore, should we honor bisexuality? Uh, that's the point. That is the point of the left. What, whatever is normative disgusts them. Heteronormativity is their enemy. I don't know what prompts people to think this way. My theory is secularism and boredom and affluence. It's a very heady, awful combination. I think that's the mother of all this stuff. Teachers are asked to prepare for October Solidarity Week. And you still send your kid to an L.A. school or a Chicago school or a New York school? Whew. For which the calendar links to a webpage by GLSEN, Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, an organization that has been, quote, championing LGBTQ issues in K-12 education since nineteen ninety. An important group. October is declared LGBT History Month. And educators are called to it. Do they actually is does it exist any longer History Month? There is no History Month. You know what all of this is? This LGBT history Hispanic history, black history, Jewish history, women's history. This is the wrong way to teach history. You you teach history, I mean if you want to take a course on Norwegian history, I, I fully get it. But I'm talking about the honoring. You should honor the teaching of history. That's all you do just like you pursue justice not social justice mm-hmm. educators are called to attend the district's quote standing with lgbtq plus students conference which was held in 2021 in november teachers are encouraged to obtain badges pronoun pins and LGBT history posters from the district's Human Relations, Diversity, and Equity Office. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. When you vote Democrat, uh, you're voting to hurt this country. And I'll give you example number, I don't know, 850... The governor of Illinois. Hmm? I think hmm? it's 851. You think it's 851? Yeah, not 851. Okay, good. No, I'm glad you're keeping count. Yeah. Just wait until. This is from johncast.com. Are you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. He was the premier. He was the premier columnist in the, columns in the Chicago Tribune? Uh, no. And where? I th- it might have been the Sun-Times. I'm not sure. Or the Sun-Times, did. one of the Chicago papers. But, and then they. they fired yeah. Then they got rid of him because he's uh, not a leftist. Right. Well, same with the L.A. Times and me. I I wrote a column regularly for the L.A. Times when they used to publish conservatives. They don't anymore. Not on the opinion page. Certainly not on the news pages. Just wait until Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's controversial new no-cash-bail law for accused violent criminals becomes a reality in January. Could Chicago have its own rage-filled hatchet-wielding man chopping up some local McDonald's just like New York's Michael Palacios who walked free and didn't need bail? Did you folks follow this story? Did you see the video? This guy who took an axe and started smashing up a McDonald's in Manhattan. On the video, he becomes angry with others in the McDonald's and then takes out his trusty hatchet. to uh, terrify the chicken nuggets out of them. New York Post columnist Jim Quinn wrote, Everything that Palacios is seen doing in that video, from smashing plate glass partitions, breaking tables, chopping his hatchet into walls, and waving it at patrons, is a non-bailable offense. The video of his activity only lasts a few minutes, but under New York law he could have done that all day long and then done the same thing at a Burger King or a pizza parlor down the street, smashing the windows of every store he passed, waving the hatchet at every passerby, and a judge still could not have set bail on him, writes New York Post columnist Jim Quinn. At his arraignment on these charges, he could have said to the judge, I can buy a bigger hatchet, and I'm going to do the same thing when I get out. And a judge still could not set bail on him. He could have had a record of 30 prior convictions, but as long as none of them were pending when he did this, a judge still could not have set bail on him. Because under New York law, a judge cannot consider public safety or risk of reoffending when setting bail. However, We have people who went into the Capitol on January 6th still in prison. No hearing, no charges, just in prison where they're beaten. I had such a man on the show. I had him twice on the show from prison. The left is evil. Evil. There's a sadistic streak in them too because they... They sort of torture. I consider uh, solitary confinement a form of torture. I consider solitary confinement more torture than I do waterboarding. By the way, I've said this way before. I've said this with regard to violent criminals in prison. I can understand where some are just repeatedly violent. You have to isolate them. But, But it's still torture. The Talmud put it beautifully two thousand or eighteen hundred years ago. Those who are cruel to the kind will be kind to the cruel. Or I think it's the other way around. Those who are kind to the cruel will be cruel to the kind. Yeah, that's the way it works. That's right. The left is kind to the cruel and cruel to the kind. This is a perfect example. How kind to the cruel they are. Federal crime statistics tell us that criminal violence is perpetrated mostly by minorities. Democrats who run the big cities aren't at all enthusiastic about arresting and sending minority criminals to prison. And they've built their political operations opposed to law enforcement and jails. But they skip over another fact. Most victims of urban and suburban criminal violence are also minorities. Minority men, their bodies left on the street. Minority women screaming in the ambulance. Minority children suffering PTSD. Minority grandparents robbed in wheelchairs. What Democrat ideologues refuse to acknowledge is that black and brown people of color are suffering at the hands of left-wing social warrior demagogues. Their needs of public safety are sacrificed to Democrat power politics. And it works. That blacks vote Democrat is the puzzle of modern life. There's no example of obvious self-infliction of suffering in politics as blacks voting Democrat. There is a massive amount of self-inflicted suffering by voting Democrat. By sending your kid to most public schools and many private schools, you are inflicting pain on your family, and people do it. People do what is convenient and what they have been told to do. The human condition is not admirable. As I've said all of my broadcast life, now 40 years, I love people and have contempt for humanity. And that's the truth, Ruth. Blacks voting for Democrats. What have they done for you? Remember, Donald Trump asked that. What have you got to lose? Yeah. And, of course, he was mocked as if it was a racist comment. Wow. Well, it's, it's the world in which we live. Though New York has, has the allegedly innocent Monsieur Palacios and his hatchet, then Chicago as a star of its own, Marcel Hunter. According to prosecutors in Chicago, Marcel Hunter, 27, was out on electronic monitoring for three other felony cases when he decided to shoot and kill a 22-year-old woman at a Southside Chicago block party because he didn't want her there. Hmm. Illinois supporters of the Safety Act include Pritzker, whose billions pay for the political party, the Illinois Black Caucus, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, and boss Tony's protege, Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, a beneficiary of Lightfoot's endorsement and at least $2 million in donations from billionaire George Soros and a host of other left-wing allies. Republican State Senator John Curran said, You cannot take deterrence out of the criminal system. They've been doing that for years, and the safety act is the final straw. Crime is rampant because people don't fear getting caught. That's right. A six-year-old would understand that. They don't stop. The police can't pursue any more because of insurance and other issues, and when they do get caught, they'll be processed, booked, and be back out that day. Remember the old saying, but bet you a lot of you don't. Crime doesn't pay. It's not true anymore. The Democrats have ensured that crime does pay. Hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe. It's really something for you to see. The the this in my case. The graduate school I went to. And uh, see it listed as the worst for free speech in America. You realize what the competition is like? I mean that's that's tougher than getting to the Super Bowl. The least free speech. Remember I gave a speech at Columbia? I went back there to speak on my column, "How I found God at Columbia." Remember Prager, you was not allowed to stream the speech? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We couldn't put it up while I spoke there. Like it didn't happen. A free speech watchdog, this is from the Daily Mail, has ranked New York's elite school, Columbia University as the worst in the nation for tolerating alternative viewpoints on campus, receiving an abysmal score after taking disciplinary action against seven academics. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, FIRE, Monitoring Group also awarded low scores to the University of Pennsylvania, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, Georgetown University, and Skidmore College. On the other hand, the University of Chicago came first for campus free speech, scoring 77.9 out of 100 points. Kansas State University, Purdue University, Mississippi State University, and Oklahoma State University. Rounded out the top five. Well, so people ask, where should I send my kid? That's something to think about. Kansas State, Purdue, Mississippi State, Oklahoma State. Interesting. I spoke at Purdue. There was no violence or anything. That speech is up. I, I said, I don't know if it's up. I don't remember. I remember that there was a black academic... Uh, one of the deans or something at my speech and he wrote a few weeks later Dennis Prager uh, something like defended slavery it it, it was a 100% lie 100% and it and I I really I sort of ruined his day because I said I have a recording of the speech And then I got a word salad response. But that's what they do. Like the, left, the left-wing sites that said, Dennis Prager thinks children are useless. Dennis Prager attacks fifth graders. Because I attacked the sign for fifth graders. The world is a better place because you are in it. I thought that breeds narcissism. Not kindness. I hope that comes up in, in my appearance on the Young Turks today. Colombia was awarded only 9.9 out of 100 points. That's pretty low. <laughs> its score was dragged down for being one of the quote, most egregious offenders, quote. No, for being the most egregious offender in sanctioning seven scholars, including two terminations, one of whom was a tenured faculty member. God, I didn't follow. Do you know who that is? Fire has highlighted the case of psychiatry department chair, Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman, who faced an investigation, suspension, and demotion for tweeting about a black model in which he wrote, whether a work of art or freak of nature, she's a beautiful sight to behold. What was wrong with that? Do you know? He, he was, he, he what was he? he? He was investigated, suspended, and demoted for that tweet? The chairman of the psychiatry, uh, psychiatry, psychiatry department at Columbia. She's such a beautiful sight to behold that she's either a work of art or a freak of nature. What's wrong with that? Because a freak of nature? I guess I don't know. She's so beautiful. She's a freak of nature. Why, why, Why is that bizarre? It also mentions Dina Pokempner an adjunct professor who was fired last April after using the N-word repeatedly during a Zoom lecture about hate speech while recounting a conversation to students. When I attacked the ban on the use of the N-word, which the left says Prager likes using the N-word, they lie because it comes naturally. I think using the word, which I said at the time and wrote, Using it against the black is despicable. But what? The, but remember, it's like Google telling Ted Cruz when I testified in the U.S. Senate. Ted Cruz asked the Google representative, why did you censor Mr. Prager's talk at PragerU on the Ten Commandments? And he said, because it has the word murder in it. That's right. Ten Commandments has the word murder in it, so it was it was dropped by Google, YouTube. It's become the M word? Murder? Isn't everything context? Isn't N word context? No. It's the only word banned from English. This irrespective of context. So this teacher was what? Fired. What if you say, the, uh, calling a black person the N-word is, is evil, and you actually say the word? you will be fired. It's a sick world, the university. That's why I found God at Columbia. It was sick when I w- went there. And I realized this is what the secular world produces. You know, I often reflect, I have now for years, should the West collapse, which is possible because good ideas do not uh, overtake bad ideas regularly in human history, it's a... a, uh, an optimistic naivete, or a naive optimism, bad ideas frequently triumph, in fact they usually triumph. So our love of liberty, at least the half of this country that loves liberty, maybe uh, maybe our idea will not prevail as it has from 1776. So what is my point? My point is that it can, it will never be able to be said that the case for good ideas was not made well during the terrible times that America was, and its fund, foundational values were attacked. This is an example, this book, which is just published, and I have the author, Marion Tupi, who is originally from, uh, I guess what was then, Czechoslovakia? And he explained to me before the show South Africa and Britain and now America. He's on his way to Brazil. And no, no, I just, that was completely silly, but I like being silly. Uh, and he is with the Cato Institute. The book is Super Abundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bountiful planet. So uh, he just recollected at my prompting, I remember, I'm old enough to remember that bet, the Stanford professor who said that because population will outstrip resources, vast numbers of people, millions, will die. And he, he he was like the alarmist, climate change people today the existential threat to humanity i want to get to climate change uh, in a moment but first i'm curious did the idea that there are too many people die with erlich
3: well erlich is still alive i know i'm
1: sorry did he die with the bet that's what i meant to be Yeah.
3: No, uh, well, it didn't. It it very much depends on who you look at. Uh, A lot of smart economists and a lot of smart environmentalists have now departed from that idea and they don't believe it. So uh, our book, for example, got uh, a very nice uh, endorsement from uh, Jason Furman, uh, who is a Democrat, also from uh, from Larry Summers. However, the public opinion is still saturated with uh, Malthusian ideas. Uh, And uh, let me give you one horrific example. Uh, There was a young man who killed 22 people in uh, El Paso, Walmart, about three years ago. And he left behind him a manifesto, which basically said, people are using too many resources. You people will not stop. Therefore, I have to do something about it. And what I'm going to do is to kill as many of you as possible. So... Actually, in today's America, not to mention in Europe, people still adhere to these these particular Malthusian ideas, and that has a profound impact on one very important feature of American and Western life, and that is parental choices. A lot of men and women we now see in public opinion polls believe that it is a crime to bring new babies into the world that it is a crime to have a child because their future is going to be horrible. There are even some people who believe that humanity is a cancer upon the planet. And what we are saying is, don't believe the doomsayers. Future doesn't have to be this bad. Of course, terrible things can happen, but whatever happens in the future, the horror will not come out of running out of resources. We have plenty and we are going to continue to do so for many more years to come.
1: You're so right. Uh, There are people, I reported on this in the New York Times, there are people who subscribe to the New York Times because they're the only ones allowed to make these comments on articles. I don't want to bring children into the world to use precious resources. This is a a common theme. It's like... They don't care to know what is the truth. Your look, you have a completely subversive subtitle, infinitely bountiful planet, IBP. <laughs> you cited Larry Summers as liking it. Larry Summers is on the left, like I'm an aardvark. I mean, you know, Larry Summers was kicked out of the Harvard presidency for saying maybe women are less uh, predetermined, in a sense, to, uh, to love uh, physics or astronomy. And, and just the thought, maybe it's worth considering, it's not just sociological, why there are fewer women in physics. And he was kicked out of the Harvard presidency. So he's not, I don't think most people on the left would like your book. Is that fair?
3: Probably, yes, uh, it, it is probably, but but I'm hoping to reach not just the center right audience i 'm also hoping to reach uh, people on the left who are open minded uh, about these ideas um, I'm, I'm hoping to convince them uh, about, uh, about a rationally optimistic future. Look, um, we can create resources de novo. Uh, you said there are people in New York Times who talk about you know parents not wanting to have children because of resources. Uh, Israel, for example, doesn't have any fresh water resources, but it desalinates. It uh, uh, it reuses 92% of its water. Israel now, without, without much water reserves, is not only an agricultural superpower exporting agricultural produce to <laughs> Europe, but it's producing <sighs> enough water, fresh water, to supply the surrounding Arab countries. So, you know, so long as you have smart people dedicated to doing something good, Uh, you don't actually need that many resources some of the world's richest countries have almost no resources what does holland have holland has a big wall to keep the sea from swallowing well well, wait it has tulips
1: it has tulips yeah no no you asked what holland has i'm answering
3: fair (laughs) point uh hong kong what did hong kong have to become one of the richest countries in the world uh it was just a port these are great
1: points these are great points (laughs) That's right. This is a great book. We'll be back in a moment. Super Abundance. It's up at DennisPrager.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. My normal modus operandi is to have the final segment to myself, but I am too enthralled with my guest, to be honest. Marion Tupi, Super Abundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an IBP infinitely bountiful planet be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth as many of you know i take that book seriously it turned out to be a good idea didn't it (laughs) so the book is up at dennis i will now ask you non-book oriented questions for a moment number one why is there no audible of your book
3: well, hopefully, we are going to produce it uh, soon, but um, we are still trying to figure out how to make Audible so many numbers. I mean, the book is fundamentally an evidence-based...
1: Oh, is, interesting. It, uh,
3: it, it is full so, of numbers showing uh-huh. that this left-wing obsession with uh, with running out of resources is nonsensical. So we try to be very evidence-based. So we'll see how that works out.
1: Okay. No, no. You, that That is... It's a, it's a plausible answer. I thank you. You, are, you were born in, in the Slovak part of Czechoslovakia? That's correct. So off the air, you told me you speak Czech and Slovak, and I said to you, I thought Slovaks were friendlier than Czechs, and you were not sure that that's the case. What is your take?
3: Um it's difficult to evaluate because I like the Czechs uh, as much as I like the Slovaks. One of the great things about Czechoslovakia is that it broke up without a civil war or animosity. It was more like a married couple that wasn't happy together, and so we just decided to call it quits. But we are the best of friends. Um, I think the Czechs have a better sense of humor, but I will take your, uh, take your um, uh, assessment and maybe say that we are friendlier. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: do a friendliness uh, assessment. I've been to 130 countries, and so I, 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 have, a, I have a sense of uh, of, of that aspect of, of people. Anyway, that's what I felt, when I, and I've been to both. By the way, for your interest, my field of study was Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union, and I went to Eastern Europe a lot under the Iron Curtain, and I went to Czechoslovakia a year after the Soviet invasion. When I was in my early 20s, I remember seeing bullet holes, artillery shell holes in the streets of Prague. Well, your book is terrific uh, uh, I think uh, maybe you should do a Prager U video on this.
3: I would absolutely love to.
1: Good man. The book is super Abundance up at DennisPrager.com. Thank you sir. Thank you.